right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Salah Hala Podcast. It's been a minute. I'm joined here with my co-host, the hostess with the mostest, Jostis. <laughs> Jostis? Awesome. And I'm here joined with my co-host, the greatest of the Everest, Abud. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, you know, I, I can't can rhyme, dude. I, I can't. I, I can try to rhyme, but like that just that just doesn't work with me. Nah, you're good, man. Well, it's been it's, it's been really long since we last recorded, honestly. Uh, yeah, actually, like it, it's been a long time. We had that episode. It took a while to edit, and then we just haven't been able to record, especially because like you know, life gets in the way, and like so many things going on. Yeah, true that. Uh, but yeah, so pretty much I want to, I want to give everybody an idea of what's going on. Uh, so Abu, he was just here this weekend, uh, this weekend is in like a Halloween weekend, fun Halloween. So he was here and we tried to record a podcast episode. We had some issues with the microphone we were using on, on site. Uh, it started getting late and like, I don't want Abu to, um, to be driving so late. So like right now he's just driving back on his way to South Carolina and I'm just from home uh, recording the episode. So what? that's why the audio might not be the best for this episode, but like we're going to work with what we got. Okay, guys. All right, guys. Uh, so, yeah, Abud, so tell us what's the, what's the topic today? Well, the topic today is, you know, what's the, what's the big event that's coming up soon in a few days? Oh, <laughs> election night. Not only election night, freaking U.S. presidential elections. Yes, sir. And it's a big deal. And I feel like, you know, it would be cool to get some views on this, you know, live from I-75. <laughs> live from I-75. Oh, man. And, uh, you Drive know, safe, I'm, please. Nah, don't worry about it. I mean, I'm not even, I don't even have my phone in hand. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, so yeah, I asked. We both asked on our Instagram profiles, asking to our friends, family, any questions they might have. Uh, spoiler alert: Joe's is a political junkie, so this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna try to be as unbiased as I can, unless somebody explicitly asking for my opinion. But if it's anything uh, that has to do with like uh facts and figures i'm gonna try to provide them the best i can okay and i wanted to kind of give a small uh, disclaimer if, that uh on my yeah. end on my end i tend to not straight away you know believe the headline that i say yeah. you know i like the i like to think a little bit about it you know it's not just like oh uh you don't want to be a sheep yeah, I mean, like Dave Chappelle says, I'm known as a victim blamer. <laughs> what did she do? Exactly, what did she do, you know? <laughs> okay, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with the first question we got. Bring it on, man, bring it on. Okay, let's see. What are your projected immediate ramifications of a Trump win? So what would you think would happen if Trump wins Abut? Um, well, what do you think? Now, the question is very broad. What do you think would happen to me? What do you think would happen to Americans? What do you think would happen to the country? You know, I mean, let's let, let that. That's good. Like, I didn't think about that when I read that, that question. So let's do what will happen to you and what would happen to the country? 
Well, I'll be honest, what would happen to me on a individual level? Probably not much because, uh, you know, I don't think my life really depends much upon politics. And at least uh, I haven't been very active with uh, with U.S. politics in my in the last four years that Trump has been in office. So another four years of Trump being in office is just probably going to be the same for me. I don't think much will change. There'll obviously be some, you know, some chatter left and right, and you know, a lot of people voicing their opinions about it. A lot of people feel strongly about uh, the Trump presidency, and you know, that's. I believe everyone should exercise that right that they have. As an on an individual level, I don't know if it will impact me to the point where I would be struggling. If you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then, but like, I guess like. But that's only because I'm not. I'm not part of the, you know, the people that would be in directly targeted by this presidency or by the. But I mean, about you are you are uh, you're like an international student on a visa. Like, aren't you scaring any way that he might like target uh, immigrants, like people with your visas and stuff? I mean. There was a there was a certain scare with the F1 visas that happened not too long ago, a few months ago, and we saw how quick that that backfired. So, you know, do you feel confident? So, I mean, I feel confident that any drastic decision will be backfired. You know? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get taken to the courts. Yeah, exactly the same way. Okay, and now, what do you think will happen to the country? Uh, honestly, and I was probably going to bring this up a little bit later, but, uh, you can obviously see on social media that some aspects of this presidency have somewhat divided the country and, mm -hmm. you know, with a, with another Trump win, I think we'll continue to see this division, but that doesn't take away. I think with a Biden win, you'll still continue to see the same division. You know what I mean? Yep. So there isn't one. There isn't one candidate. I think, from the candidates we have, that really expressed the intent of you know unifying the country or people who. I don't think people will feel unified by any of these candidates because it's one or the other. You know, it's Barcelona or Real Madrid. Can't have both. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, I guess for me, my. Like, uh, personally, like like you, like, I don't think I'll be affected too much. Uh, it honestly just concerns me as just, like, being a minority and then how involved in uh, 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 hateful people have gotten. Uh, like, I've never had to, like, deal with that stuff like you see on the internet, like, Karen's, Karen's, whatever, whatever it's pronounced. Uh, are, you trying to, are you trying to say Karen? Yes. Thank that was you. So thank that you. was very cute. That, that's why I have you on this podcast, because I, I can't pronounce shit sometimes. That was very cute. <laughs> thank you, man. Uh, so, yeah, like, I haven't never experienced that kind of, like, open xenophobia or racism. To, racism? Racist? Racism. I don't know. Racism. So, words mean... Sorry, guys, it's late. Uh, it was a fun Halloween, so, yeah. Uh, it's 6.48 p.m. What do you think it's late? Yeah, I've never. It's late for me, man. This is. I've never uh, experienced any of that. So, like, personal thing would be, 
personally affected. It, I can have concerns about like my immigration status, but in a way, uh, I think that so like if the, if the if Trump wins and decides to keep pushing for like abolishing a F1s or like the OPT or CPT, that's gonna get receive a lot of backlash in courts. Uh, now there's the concern that the courts have been packed with uh, Republican judges. Um, but we'll see. Like I, I just, I just don't know what's gonna happen. But re- regardless uh, of the court being packed with uh, Republican judges, you have, you know, you have the Senate, you have yeah. the Congress, you know. Yeah. And there's well, people like, who share their views on the con- in the Congress and in the Senate, and I believe they're the ones that played a huge role in uh, retracting that F1 uh, rule that the president had set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Uh, now, projections for the country itself? I don't know, man. Uh, this is a hard one. Uh, so, I have I think about two things. Uh, one, if he wins, like like the unrest, it's gonna be insane. I'm I'm concerned about people just like going to the streets and like. Uh, by complaining about this because it also depends like what happens depends a lot by if Trump were to win by how he would win he would win because of like boats that were thrown away uh, because of like for example like what happened in Pennsylvania that like if if your boat arrives later uh, than November 3rd uh, then your boat doesn't count so what about like those ballots or like in Texas, they've been doing 24-hour ballots, and then there's already like politicians like suing uh, to not count those ballots that got picked up in that 24-hour period uh, that got picked up like at midnight and stuff like that. Um, and there's like stuff with ballots all over the country, and I'm afraid it might happen. How it will happen with like Bush and Al Gore? That is just gonna be okay. Like we're just gonna stop counting, and because they stop counting counting uh then trump wins and all these votes like don't show up and then trump wins by a really small margin and then i can see just people literally just going rioting on the streets claiming that it was a stolen election so that's why i think will be what will happen immediately uh and also uh, and also like i i think like a lot of people especially uh liberals they would just uh like kind of lose faith in their country in a way you seeing how a a big chunk like a like a big chunk of people a, like are okay with some of this stuff Trump says or does uh even though like they're okay with some of this stuff Trump says or does uh, and they're willing to put up with it as long as like he keeps doing the other stuff he's doing you know so like it comes to like that thing about okay how much are you willing to give for like what you want uh, you know something? So yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the role of the moderator because Joe, I know I know your political. Uh, I mean that's that that's what I think media ramifications would be. You know, like I think because I know I know what your political opinions are and the fact that I don't really care much about politics. I'm gonna act as the moderator here. So let me ask you this question. What? How would you know? What if those last minute votes are? last-minute Trump votes and not Biden votes. 
I mean, what that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I have no clue. Like, what I guess, and, and what I'm saying is like, okay, like, he's going to, like, steal the election. No, what I'm saying is like, okay, if you win by, like, a small margin, and then you do something where you just don't count certain votes, I feel like whenever you say which votes you're going to count and which votes you're not going to count, you are, like, affecting the election. And it's usually mostly like Republicans who are doing this push to decide which votes count and which votes doesn't. And in a way, I can understand the concerns with like voter fraud, voter fraud, and all these different things. But like, dude, like you're choosing what to count and what not to count. So like, I, like at least for me, it's like if you're saying some people both will count, some people both will not count. How many how many times I can say the word count in one sentence? So you're uh, questioning the, the legitimacy of this election? Not really questioning the legitimacy of the election, more like saying we're all making the assumption this is a free election and it's like everybody's vote will be counted. But then once you stop uh, like counting people's votes, it's like I don't think that will be like a free election anymore because you're then deciding, okay, like, like, this is what matters to this point, and this is what doesn't matter to this point. I don't know if I can make, I'm making myself, like, understood, but essentially, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, if, if I stop counting, then, like, people will assume anything. So maybe all the votes were Trump's or all the votes were Biden's, but, like, we're not going to know. And then if the person that won, um, if the person that won won because some votes weren't counted, people are just, just going to think, okay, like, then those votes were hurting you. You know, and like the, well, I would say you, the same thing if it were with Biden as well. Like if Biden uh, decided to like stop counting votes, and then Biden wins by a small margin, it's like dude, like what the heck? Like there are polls we need to check. Well, how do you avoid that? How do you how, how do you make it to where the result is fair? I don't think that's possible anymore. I mean, I think that's just like, up to the courts and like up to the people. Okay, uh, we need to move on. God, that was only one question. Uh, let me see what question we have over here. About which candidate will be better suited for middle-class families and for our generation? Middle-class families and our generation. Yes, uh, Now, if you're, are you talking mostly from an economic point of view? I mean, from whatever point of view you want to make it. Uh, well, if you're talking about the candidates to give the best for the middle class, uh, I think I would say, uh, I would say Joe Biden, probably. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, you know, Donald Trump's, uh, policies have been more towards, uh, tax cuts and mostly tax cuts for the upper 1%. But I'll be honest, at the same time, Donald Trump's tax cuts have been uh have been beneficial for people in the middle class like i know i have some uh i know some people who are paying less taxes right now than they were before under obama now if you're looking at who's better for the middle class in terms of creating potential opportunities for them uh it's a tough decision man like i don't i've i've, I've heard a lot of uh, and that's that's only because of my pure like ignorance when it comes to this uh, because i know 
a lot of what Trump talks about and a lot of his specialties when he talks about businesses and tax cuts. I never really heard Joe Biden talk about taxes, and that's maybe because yeah, I just yeah. haven't watched it. Yeah, and that's why, like, I love to have your opinion because, dude, most people are not obsessed about politics as much as I am. You know, like, most people, are, they just go through their daily lives and they just, like, grab some headlines, read some articles here and there, but people aren't just constantly paying attention. And I think that's going to be one of the deciding factors for this election is the fact that people just don't want to keep paying attention to this shit. And I think a lot of people are voting with that in mind as of, hey, man, like, politics been consuming been consuming their life like all i hear about politics is like donald trump and that's been for like four years and like they don't want to think about this stuff anymore and i think a lot of people are voting with that in mind it's just like you i just don't want to keep listening to this and some sort of uh return to normalcy right but i i did i did read an article saying that donald trump did slash the tax rate uh the yeah. corporate tax rates was it so If you define that as being better for the middle class, then maybe. But yeah. uh, like I said, I haven't done my research on Biden's uh, Biden's uh, intentions with the tax rates and with the upper or middle middle class. My bad. So yeah, I, no, can't. I mean, it's fine. It's your perspective. So, like, even if it's not full informed, this is what you know so far. And a lot of people are, are like you. They're, they they don't know all the facts and details. And they're going by, by what they've heard. And they're going to make a vote just based on those things. So, like, it's good to just have that point of view where we can see how that kind of electorate would think. Now, um, I guess, like, what, what about for our generation? Who do you think would be the best candidate for our generation? Well, I'll be honest, man. Like the uh, the new generation seems to lean more towards a uh, a liberal rather than a conservative. You know, with all the uh, with all the new norms that we've been experiencing in the last uh, in the last like ten, fifteen years. Uh, you know, you have uh, you you know you started with the LGBTQ and They're, uh, when they pass a law saying the same gender marriage is now officially recognized and uh, what's another law, you know? It wasn't even a law they passed. It was just the Supreme Court taking a ruling. And that's one of the most interesting things. Uh, and one of the things conservatives complain the most is the fact that in the last, I want to say, 50 years, most of the civil rights strides we've made all of those rulings have come from the supreme court and conservatives complain about how democrats have been legislating from the bench aka from the uh, court and and in a way like they're kind of right you have just this group of nine people who are making these big decisions and then just have no input from like And they and they weren't chosen to. Rep they're not really representing anybody. They're just interpreting the law, but because they're interpreting it, they're making decisions that affect millions. Right. So, and what I'm saying is, with you know, just the same-sex marriage being recognized by the Supreme Court within the last uh, eight, ten, twelve years, somewhere there, that's a that's a stand forward in favor of a liberal standpoint. You may correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there's any conservative 
you know, I don't hear much of any conservatives that are part of the LGBTQ community. But you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, there, so, there there aren't that many. There are some, but like there there aren't that many. So you can so I see you know with with us seeing the with us seeing that America is moving towards this type of ruling and these types of strength, uh, what it strides forward, I don't I see it more moving in that direction rather than making a U-turn and going back to to the old times. So you know I would say a liberal. A liberal leader for the future of America is probably suited for the future generation. Yep. And this is not in any way, you know, confirming my standpoint on on being a liberal or conservative. I don't side with any. You know, I'm know. neither a liberal. I'm not. A You're as independent as they come, man. I think I'm. I think I'm right. Like I'm dead on center. You know. Yeah. Yep. I I respect that, dude. It's yeah, it's always great. Not everybody's left, not everybody's right, and like it's and like I hate how like it becomes this thing where it's like oh, the left and then the right, and like you either hold view things like this or view things like that. But I guess that's a question we're gonna uh, address later. Uh, now, you know what? I let's see. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet short and sweet uh which kind of would be better suited for us biden uh now for middle class uh i think biden trump trump does get a lot of like things talking about like the economy and how like the economy is better but man like trump inherited obama's economy so that's debatable like for me i just find it funny because like when he was running in 2016 they kept complaining about like all these job and unemployment numbers and then the second they won, it's like it was the same numbers, but they just kept saying that, yeah, like these are my numbers. And also the other thing is like, I don't like unemployment, unemployment, the unemployment numbers and the stock markets and the stock markets are not really the best indicators of the economy there is, especially because, okay, there is low unemployment, but people are making pennies. People are like making minimum uh, minimum wage and can barely like even afford living on that minimum wage, you know. So okay, you can say, oh, the economy is doing great, like unemployment is so low, but people have, need to have two and three jobs to just like afford uh, afford uh, like afford living. So you don't you don't define employment as being as having a job. You define employment as having a job that you know sustainable. No, no, it, not not that. Well, I guess what what I mean is like uh, employment is employment. But what I'm trying to say is like people go by these indicators to say how good the economy is doing, like the stock market and unemployment numbers. But dude, if unemployment numbers are low in like single digits, but all these people that are employed, a lot of them are just working for minimum wage, just working. And they have need to have like two jobs, and they can't afford living without these two jobs they have. Then I don't. Then yeah, the employment numbers might be low, but it doesn't represent the fact that like as an economy is not good for like middle class people and poor people because they have need to do all these things. So like the economy is great for people with money, but people who don't have money, they're struggling. And then okay, well, we 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 camouflage all these things into like the stock market and unemployment numbers 
Yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily the best indications of employment. But, you know, how else do you measure it? You know, you you, exactly. you, yeah, you, you, have you only you have to measure it with numbers somehow. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if someone asks the uh press secretary or, you know, whoever's in charge, I really don't know who's in charge, but <laughs> if they ask him how how are the how is employment looking? I think, oh, great, is not a great answer. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to back it up. And the only numbers you have to back it up are the stock market, you know, the uh, em- employment numbers, the unemployment percentage. Uh, that's, that's literally all the numbers you have. You measure everything with numbers. It's yeah. a very, uh, it's kind of a rule of thumb here. But, yeah, but I, I think we should we should use, use like different like yeah numbers of course but like we should use like different uh things to as markers. So, so how do you mo- how do you measure like, how do you measure the quality of employment? You know what I mean? Exactly, that's what I mean. So like if for example like I guess what I would do is instead of going by like unemployment numbers, we can go by I guess something like uh income and poverty line and also like affording uh, okay. like groceries like in colombia we have this thing called uh, the basic uh family uh, grocery package something like that i don't know but it's like an array of products that combine they should be enough to provide nutritional value to a family and this all these items like they add up to like a, a specific price so like we use that to compare okay how much are how much are people working how much they're making and what can they afford with this so it's just like a combination of different factors um but yeah i don't really have like all the answers uh to that as to what we should use instead of like the stock market and unemployment numbers but well, that's uh, let's I mean, like talking about employment i really do want to bring this up you, yeah. and just to offer a just to offer a point of view from the from the other end mm-hmm. Trump did have the tax cuts for the big corporations correct me if I'm wrong yeah he did now isn't that directly increasing or all, at least indirectly increasing employment because the way I think about it from a very miniature brain is if I'm a rich guy and I get to keep more of my money, I get to reinvest more of it into the business, create more projects, you create more projects, you need more, uh, more you, people. Need, you need more people, you, need, you know, you need more people, more people have jobs, and uh, everyone's happy. That's how well, I interpret it. The money so, supply, moving the money around. Exactly, you, you, you keep the money circulating here in the economy, and, you know, maybe that's the side, because, like I said, headline, Trump, uh, cuts the taxes for big corporations, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a good headline, but I mean, I think if you dig into it, it's not too bad. Now, trickle-down tri- economics. Now you have, like, exactly, trickle-down econo- economics. Now you have the issue of, okay, why should we as middle-class people pay more in taxes? That's understandable, but at the same time, us middle-class people, you know, we're not really employing people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you really have to weigh in the pros and cons, r- write it down and see which one is better. But like, I just don't like it when, I just, I just don't like it when, I don't like it when people jump into conclusions from the headline, you know? Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the issues I personally have uh, with people's opinions on bailouts, because 
Like when when you build out like a company that employs a hundred thousand people, you're not bailing out the company itself. You're bailing you're out bailing 100, out the hundred thousand employees the company has. Right. So, like if if Google were to file for bankruptcy, tell me you don't want to bail out Google. Exactly. No. Or, or like what happened uh, earlier? What happened earlier this uh, summer with bailing out the airlines? It's like okay, you're not bailing out the airlines because like they did bad business or stuff, but like you ha you have to bail them out because okay, if you lose the airline industry and then you lose all the people they employ, they employ, like you're gonna be in deep trouble. It's kind of like. It, kind of like instead of like giving instead of like stimulus check there is like the middleman that is like the company that employs these people um so that's that's my thing with bailouts um uh, let's all see all right i guess on to the next question yeah let's go on to the next question let's get sidetracked there um where they're asking about some facts or neutral opinions of the evolution of the economy pre-covid okay so I want I you guess, to. I want you to go ahead and start with this. Okay, some neutral opinions about the economy pre-COVID. Uh, doing great. I, uh, I, okay. I wouldn't. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is like. I don't know if this is a neutral opinion or not. But I wouldn't call the economic recovery. Uh, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say that Trump has made the economy great. Uh, yeah, maybe some policies he has has helped like keeping up the momentum he inherited. Uh, I wouldn't say like, oh, the whole economy right now is all because of Trump. I would say he inherited a strong working economy, and then he he uh, and then he kept the momentum. That's what I would say when it comes to the economy pre-COVID. But you, you know what? And I, I want I want to chime in on this one because mm -hmm. whether or whether or not you believe that Trump inherited the economy or, or I not. I mean, it's not really about believing. You just got to look at the chart. And it's like, it, it was already like a downtrend slope before yeah, well, he even joined the presidency and then just continue going downtrend. Well, you have to keep in mind that a lot of his responsibilities as a president is, you know, at least to maintain the economy, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I can, I can build a car, you know, like, you know, Ford can build me a car. But if I don't maintain it, you know, it's, it's not, the car is no use. So, like, you have to give credit where credit is due. And even if, even if, and I'm not saying he did, but even if he interpret, inherited this economy, you have to credit the person that maintains it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, of, because well, it, it can be going down. And if it's not going down, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah, but, like, so, what I don't agree, what I don't agree with is, like, when him and like his supporters make the claim that Trump's been great for the economy and it's just it's just he just well, anything, the economy but any, any, anyone that maintains this economy is doing great for the economy yeah I guess so you can right? say that but my main thing is just when they claim all oh, Trump's uh, made like the economy so much better compared to Obama and it's like no dude like he inherited an economy and then he just I mean I think I think I think he took I think he took he took a great economy and he's building upon it. Exactly. You know, which is like it's it's kind of his job. And and that's his job. That's that's the job. And that's why you, you know I mean, like at the same time you can't have people saying you cannot credit him at all. You have to. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Because like I, I get it. I I get an oil change every six months. I'm maintaining this car. You can't credit. Oh, Ford built this car for me. But now you're 
cannot make the argument that's his job. Like, that's it's your job to maintain your car. Like, that's exactly. his job as president, his job to maintain the economy. Exactly. Which means if he's, main, if he's maintaining it, he's doing his job. That's he's doing right. it, and that he's doing his job right. At least in that sense. Okay, let's You know see. what I mean? Evolution of the economy. Let me see. I don't have any more comments about that. I think, like, we both agree, like, he inherited an economy, and he's doing a good job keeping it. Uh, let's see. But, I mean, back to that, like, does that mean that, that Obama took the economy from its downfalls and built it up? Does that mean, he, does that mean is he the Ford? I mean, he, he did inherit the U.S. into one of its worst financial crises in 2008 after the housing crash. And they bailed out the banks, they built better regulations, and they increase employment and and the economy is just doing like he pretty much rebounded the country when he needed it. So, but then again, and, but then again, the force. I mean, the forces kind of do that too. But you know, ever since you mentioned the 2008 crisis, okay, I think I can, I can stand behind that. I forgot about the crisis all the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, what's your opinion on the two-party system? Let you you start it. That's a, you know what? No, let me start. I think you started the previous two, so let me start with this one. Okay. Uh, my opinion on the two-party system: uh, inefficient, uh, very polarizing, and we can do so much better. Uh, but the biggest issue is the fact it's how we choose uh, people uh, using a first past the post, which essentially just means whoever candidate. Whoever candidate gets the most votes is the one that wins, um, because of because of you just go by whoever candidate gets the most votes. If you have two people who align in the same value, if you have three people and two of them align in the same values and ideas, and they each split each other's vote, then the minority is gonna just be it's gonna be a, a super minority just overcoming. Even though sixty percent didn't agree with candidate A, candidate A is gonna win. Because he just has he just had the most votes, even though most people would have agreed to another candidate, and I think that's a big issue with first past the post. Uh, something some states been implementing it's called rank uh, rank choice voting, which essentially just means you select the candidates and you rank them. You get five candidates, you rank them top to bottom, and then if your top choice uh, it doesn't have the most votes it gets disqualified and then your vote moves to your second choice and so on and so forth until there is a winner. So in a way that would help with people's concern about, okay, if I'm voting third party, I'm throwing away my vote and it, it would be more, okay, I can vote third party. And then if my third party option is just doesn't have enough support, I know my vote is not being, it's not like, I guess like being wasted. I'm doing quotation marks with my hands. Because my vote is not being wasted because, like, I will still uh, help somebody that aligns with my similar uh, uh, interests and concerns. Uh, to a certain extent. Me. Yeah. To, to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. What, do, well, what well, do you think? Well, this is something I've, you know, I, I completely back uh, with, you know, this is something that I constantly, constantly talk about. I don't think that the I don't think that the two party system is doing any good 
and you know I'm gonna use the state of uh, South Carolina. Shout out to anyone from South Carolina. Uh, let's say you have a, you know, you're going into the voting booth and you have the ballot. You know, you see president. The first thing you see is the party: Democrat, Republican, Biden, Biden, Harris, Trump, uh, Pence. You know what? Maybe with the president, people can, you know, uh, can go against their party and stuff like that. But then let's take into account the senators, you know. How many cases have you seen where people go into the voting booth and they know, okay, I'm going to vote Biden. But then they're faced with all these other questions, you know. Were you voting for senator? Were you voting for the House? And then it's... voting for city council? Were you voting for education chair? Exactly. So all of these, you're like, oh, well, I wasn't ready for this. Well, if I'm voting Biden, then I might as well vote Democrat for all of these. You know, mm -hmm. now I don't necessarily think that that's the right way to go because I think you should be voting for the person and not the party. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, people who are, let's say, Democrats, how likely is a Democrat to vote for Trump and how likely is a Republican to vote for Biden? Mm -hmm. We've seen some turnaround in this election, I'm not going to lie, but I think we need to see more of these. And You know, let's say if I'm a Republican and I want to vote for Biden, I want to be able to not feel a certain sense of, oh, I let someone down, you know? Yep. Like, you should have the right to exercise your vote, not towards a party, but towards an individual. You know? Yeah, like, maybe, I can maybe vote. Maybe, like, the hardest part with that would be to, like, get informed and know what these what this people stand for. Yeah, like, let's say, okay, I like, I don't know. Donald Trump, for example. I'll vote Donald Trump. And then, okay, next up you have Senator. You have Lindsey Graham running against Jamie Harrison. Well, I voted for Trump, but I don't really like Lindsey Graham. So let me vote uh, Harrison. Or when you go to the House, you have Nancy Mace against Joe Cunningham, you know? I don't think, that, I think that your, your vote should really be mixed, you know, between both parties. Or at least you should leave yourself the room for it to be mixed. And that's why I think the whole the whole D's the whole D's and R's need to go away. Oh you know? yeah. So I guess like what you're saying is like okay, if we if we don't have political parties, then we would just be voting for the people. Exactly. And then whatever the hell they align with any views, it wouldn't matter which party they're from. It's just like okay, do I like what they're saying or I don't like what they're saying? Yeah. yeah. Like for a while, I've been thinking about how like this Republican. Uh, Republican and Democrat, they're just essentially uh, box labels that you like politicians give to themselves or like we give to each other and it's like, okay, this is my box, this is where I belong and like this is what I think. And I think that really doesn't help with the whole polarization that can come from it uh, whenever you decide, okay, like this is my side and this is what my side thinks and my side thinks about all these things. When in reality, it's like we're all just like a mix of all these different opinions and viewpoints. Um, and then you'd have these senators, let's say, when they're campaigning. More likely, mm -hmm. more likely the Democratic senator is going to, you know, want to endorse the, de the Democratic uh, candidate for president because that in turn ups their vote. Like I said, I know a lot of people that go into the voting booth vote. For Biden because oh they only they've only been following the Biden and Trump and then they're like okay I'm just gonna vote D's for everything you know mm. you never know you're probably you may be putting the next evil person in office 
Yep. You know? Just because he has all a because, D or an R next to it. All because he has a D or an R next to it. So mm-hmm. that's that's my view on the dual party. I think you should be voting for it. It's it's like let's say we took the D's and R's out of you know, I really want to do this to someone who's not very brushed up on politics. You know, have a fake ballot. Have a Democrat Republican, you know, well no so you have Joe Biden and Trump. Have them have all the candidates for every single category listed, and just take the D's and R's out, you know? Yeah. And just like have them research their views and stuff like that, and then reveal the D's and R's at the very end. I think you'll be yeah. surprised how many D's vote for R's and how many R's vote for D's. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just honest with you. <laughs> Taking everything in, I hundred percent agree with what you're saying, man. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see, but then it concerns me because like, it's easy when you have like D's on R's but because, because you can say, okay, like a D, I like, I like, I'm a D, <laughs> I'm a Democrat, <laughs> I'm a Democrat, I know what I like, so I'm just going to vote Democrat down the ballot, even though I don't know what these people stand for. And the same thing for Republican. Uh, like a Barcelona or Madrid, you know? Yeah, like, but that's what I said about like we choose these labels and we identify with them because they're what align the most of what we believe, even though there are all things like they are for that we're against, you know. But can 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 a, can a real can a Real Madrid fan appreciate Messi? Of course he can. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Or can because a uh, you know or can like a Falcons fan appreciate Drew Brees, for example? Yeah. You know, like it shouldn't be one or the other. You can appreciate someone from the opposite end. Yeah, dude, but like the thing is like you're talking about like sports and entertainment and then this has to do more with freaking policies and like decisions that can affect people's lives. So like it matters like how do they view certain things, you know? I mean I'm uh, talking more, I'm talking more vote. about like someone can vote someone can appreciate someone from the from the other team or the other party. That's all I'm yeah. yeah, that's why that's why there are a lot of people who are uh, like John McCain. It's, it's like a perfect example. Joe McCain, like lots of Democrats voted for Joe McCain and lots of Republicans voted for Joe McCain. And like he's one of those people who are just respect. He was respected from both sides. Uh, let's see. Next question. Um, if this is Trump last term. How would you sum it up? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, how would you sum it up? Okay. Well, you entered office, you know, with a lot of controversy surrounding your campaign, whatnot. You know, you had the, uh, you had the build the wall, you had the, the Muslim ban, you had all that. So you're like, okay, you're entering on a bad note. Let's see what you can do. And, People didn't back him from the beginning. Some people did. Uh, what did he start off by doing? He uh, he had the tax cuts, which I think are really good. He had the uh, he did have a certain investment in the space force, right? Mm-hmm. He did he sign the bill the for the. Force. He started the the, the space force. What the I don't know. does the space force do? Yeah, I mean. You know, it's it's something that will go down in history, whether whether it's necessary or not. I don't really know. 
And then you had the controversy with the uh, with the Paris uh, the Paris Accord, mm-hmm. and uh, then you had the whole uh, nuclear deal. All that kind of stuff happened, and then really the cutoff point was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, the economy doing you know the greatest economy in the world just going down in shambles in the span of uh, you know a few months. I'm not going to go into the details of whether or not he knew about it or not, but we can all tell, we can all see the reaction was not the best. You know, America. How would you, how would you sum everything up? So there's been some good, there's been some bad, but I think overall, uh, the, you know, considering we're facing a deadly pandemic, uh, I would say the bad outweighs the good in this case. I guess in my case, I would just sum it up in three words: chaos, rage, and lying. It, like throughout, like his whole presidency, yeah, like, like he he's done some, I guess, like good stuff. Like if 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 you voted for Trump, like he's probably has done things you wanted him to do, and like a lot of his supporters like really appreciate that. The fact that anything Trump said he would do, he literally tried to do it, and like at no point it was like. Okay, I'm promising to do this thing. He didn't do it. He followed through with a lot of it. Now, I disagree with almost everything he followed through that he was going to do. But that's that's just, that's what the people wanted and that's what they got. I guess it tells you what he was doing in the office is that, yeah. you know, he wasn't filled with empty. Now, whether good or bad, he wasn't. No, he his promises he was weren't empty. Do. Exactly. Which means that in the office, he was actually working, mm-hmm. you know? Because he said he, he said he was gonna do this. Now, like I said, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he yeah. set out to do, but I do respect someone who can accomplish things that he says he's going to. And I think that's something that uh, you don't see too often these days. It's just all the lying, man. Like all the lying since day one, since the inauguration, and he started claiming that it was like the biggest crowd ever, and like the fake media and all these things. And it's like. It's like, how how can you have conversations with people about this stuff whenever, like, the president is lying about all of this and making its own reality? Like, with COVID, calling it a flu, when he knew it was so deadly, like, and then his excuse, like, oh, I was trying to protect people not from panic. And it's like, okay, dude, if you want to protect people not from panic, you don't have to lie to them. You communicate to them, and then you do efforts, like... And, pe- and some people excuse that. Some people excuse that. Oh, like he protected everybody from panic, and he's like, okay, dude. Then why it didn't happen in any? Why like why every other country whose leader actually talked to its people and lead them through this uh, didn't completely full had a full blown panic meltdown? Okay, like. Like if like if his excuse was just he didn't want people to panic. And people who say, okay, like he was right in doing so, in lying to me, to all these things. It's like, man, every single country didn't do this. And they and at no point was like a complete meltdown. Why do you think what's going to happen here? But uh, that's besides the point. So yeah, all the lying, like just so much lying, just nonstop lying for four years. Uh, and I think that takes a toll into like people itself because it's just again it's just so hard to have a conversation with someone 
and trying to find some sort of like middle ground or common ground when all they talk about is conspiracies and lies. No. I, uh, I mean, I, I get what you I get what you're trying to say, but I do. I'm a pure pure advocator of the statement fake news. That's something I believe in, you know, and I think everyone really believes in it. You know, I don't believe necessarily everything that that I, I don't believe anything I see on TV. And uh, you know, like I think that's one of the, one of the only statements I actually agree with President Trump is when he says, "Yeah, the, there's a lot of fake news out there." I believe it. I think you should too. Yeah, no, like I, I agree. Like the media, the media always does things a certain way to like get that like clickbait title or like do like these source anonymous sources stuff like that. Like when you yeah, have the, like, when you have the media saying uh, a headline, Trump Trump cuts taxes for the rich versus a headline of. Trump passes tax cuts that increase employment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it can be taken two different ways. Yeah, there's a story. The story's being told a certain way. Uh, but regardless of that, it's like, okay, but then if we start distrusting the media, okay, then what do we trust? Like, what's reality once we start calling this, like, fake news and all these things? What's reality? What's different this time around when all the polling is talking about a Biden win and four years ago, everybody was talking about a Hillary Clinton win. So what happened? I guess I'm just, I'm just going to answer this one myself. I don't know if you know what, since I'm the one familiar with like all this stuff obsessing about polling. Um, so what happened four years ago, like where all the polls were wrong and like nobody predicted a Biden win. Not really. Like most, like uh, Trump's election four years ago was within the margin of error. So Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote by two, three percent. But something that people do forget it's how disliked Hillary Clinton was. I mean, she was hated. People really did dislike Hillary Clinton, and Trump was going into this election four years ago as a uh, somebody with no. Uh, with no like political, political background, yeah, no political background, and just coming like he, Trump is and was a household name. Like when he said to like everybody knew who Trump was. Everybody's been hearing about Trump, uh, and then he uses that persona, and then all, and then he, he he the control he has over the way he can handle the media, like it's. It's something like no politicians ever had that kind of uh, effect on the media like him. He's a master, a master in the media. I mean, he, he's, I mean he, he, his career he was based on media. Yeah, exactly. And four years ago, ten days before the election, with somewhere around still twenty percent undecided, and Hillary Clinton uh, leading by like six points on the national national average. Comey releases the letter opening again the investigation on Hillary Clinton. You know what happened? 80% of undeciders, they all switched to Trump. And Trump won with 50% turnout. And the, and the states he won from the Electoral College, 
a lot of them he won them by less than a hundred like like a lot of like the tipping point states that they ultimately deciding the election decided the election four years ago he won them by less than ten thousand thirty thousand votes so we're talking about minimal margins and that's why i keep making the argument like okay trump didn't necessarily win the presidency of course like yeah he won and he's the president but more than a Trump win, it was a Hillary Clinton loss because she was so confident that she was going to be on this big landslide that she completely ignored the Midwest and the whole Midwest went for Trump and she was trying to win the South and all the South were for Trump. And it was just like a slap in the face because you had all these news reporters and political pundits pundits talking about oh like hillary clinton's gonna be the winner like she's obviously gonna be the winner she's always gonna win and that's when like election night was such a big shot because everybody was expecting her to win even trump was expecting hillary to win why do you think trump uh, made his made his election uh, watch party in like a small room in a hotel compared to like doing it outside with a big crowd with like lots of fireworks and stuff like that like, he knew he was going to win. He didn't want to have, like, the big show where uh, it shows us he loses. And uh, the, big, the big show just for him losing. And that's what, like, a many times some of the policy these people come up with feels like they just, like, at the beginning of uh, his presidency, it literally felt like he just didn't even expect he was going to win. So it was just a lot of, like, okay, like, we need to figure out, like, a policy decision. We need to figure out uh, an agenda of things we're going to do. Because they just didn't thought they were going to do it. Uh, so what's different this time around compared to four years? Biden is leading the national average by nine points. The Midwestern states that cost Hillary Clinton the election, they are leaning towards Biden by at least six, seven points. Uh, the margin of error is uh, with f between three to five points. So even if they are inside the margin of error, they're, they still, uh, Joe Biden still winning on these states. And Trump, the only pathway for Trump to win is for him to hold on to the states he won against Hillary Clinton. Because there is no way, like at least like I see it really difficult, that a state that went for Hillary now will like turn towards Trump. So that's how I see it. And then right now, uh, all these southern states, they are toss-up states. Georgia, uh, f uh, okay, Florida has always been a, a toss-up. Uh, Florida has always been a swing state. But Georgia now, swing state. Uh, Texas, a swing state right now, a toss-up. So it's anybody's game in Texas right now. And, and the interesting thing with Texas is that gets it constantly gets the same amount of republican votes like around like five to 5.5 million and i think if there is enough turnout in texas if texas get at least 10 10 to 11 million votes it might go to democrats it might go to biden um so if texas were to like just go to biden it would be like a throat in the punch to Trump and you mean a punch in the throat? A punch in the throat. Thank you. Uh, Spanish linguistics linguistics came out. Spanish grammar came out of me. Um, so 
we'll see what happens in election night. Especially like the most interesting thing is all the early voting and mail-in ballots. So for example, Texas right now, uh, it early voting in Texas surpassed total voting in Texas in 20, 2016. So more people have voting in Texas already right now before election day than they did four years ago. So that's that's insane. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Texas. We'll see what happens in Georgia. And right now, I just, I, I try not to, uh, I try not to make a claim about who's going to win or not, just because I still remember how <laughs> that November night fell four years ago. But I'm sh like, I'm 89% confident Biden will win. Now let's hope there aren't any like uh, election shenanigans going on. That anything going to like the court courts or like votes getting counted and all that stuff. But if the elections happen with no issue, I think it's just gonna be like a Biden victory, and and it might be a it, it either Trump either Trump wins by like right now it's Trump winning by a small margin. Biden winning by a small mar margin or a Biden landslide, but it there is no way I can see like even a Trump landslide going on, especially because like he already lost the popular vote uh, four years ago, and right now like there is just no way for him even to win the popular vote. I think it's like on single digits the chances of him winning the popular vote, so everything is just coming down to electoral college. Now what I think will happen if. Uh, he Trump does win and loses the popular vote, but he wins electoral college. I think like Americans will have to rethink how they do elections and what the electoral college does, because that would be three times in 20 years that the candidate who was chosen didn't win the popular vote. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. So yeah, that's uh, the difference this time around compared to four years ago. Trump's chances don't look great. And people just don't hate Biden. I think that's one of the main things. The people just don't hate Biden con uh, compared to how much they hate Hillary. Okay. Let's I, guess, I guess I understood that. Uh, my opinion on it is, uh, you know, I hear what a lot of... Do you think it's different? You don't have to get into specifics like I did, but I do wonder, what do you think it's different this time around? Well, I hear a lot of chatter because I have ears. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've heard a lot of chatter of people, you know, asking themselves, and they ask themselves every year, you know, how significant is my vote with the idea of an electoral college, you know? Yeah. Which which is which is very relevant when it comes to, like you said, Hillary winning the popular vote, but Trump winning the vote that actually matters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess my question would be, I don't know much to know how relevant is an American citizens vote when you have to factor in the electoral idea but also one thing i wanted to ask you in terms of the campaign was what did you think of uh of the announcement of joe biden's running mate kamala harris kamala harris first um, woman first woman in, in in the oval office first first woman first black woman well not oval office but west wing middle eastern woman no asian woman as well because uh, her mom's from India. Um, what did I think? Personally, I don't really do identity identity politics. 
Like, I don't know if you, you ever you, you cannot me. You cannot deny the fact that it did play a role. I mean, like, I think it does, but Joe Biden, he already had all this momentum with black voters. If anything, I think Kamala's choice was more of a nudge to uh, progressives. It's like saying, it's like, hey, like, I see you, I hear you, let me get closer to your side. I mean, he's uh, always... And also, like, it helps, again, it helps he, to, like, new blood, because Biden's been a politician for, 30, like, 30 years, man. Well, I mean, she chose... I mean, he chose a running mate and someone who was actually running against him for the nomination. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Yep. Like, I... So that tells you for sure that pre-presidency or pre-nomination... She wasn't in his in his like agenda. Yeah. So he obviously decided. Okay, I I personally think it's a very good. Uh, it looks really good on TV, you know. Yeah. It looks really good on TV as the first president, potential president in history to appoint a black female, Asian, whatever you want to call her, vice president. Now I think. Personally, yeah, if, that you're, should, if, if you're uh, filling a bingo race car, you can probably claim bingo right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of like, uh, you know, if you weren't going to vote for Biden and you see that on TV, like, I think that's uh, that's an indicator that uh, he's good. It's a popular it's a popular thing that he's doing, you know, for it, mm-hmm. especially for the people that don't know much about politics. Like yeah. I said. I urge people to not be like me and do your research because... I mean, you're not voting, so it's like there's nothing wrong with being you. Yeah, but I'm saying like in terms of my research in the in the political uh, realm, like, yeah, on, on TV, it looks like Kamala Harris, you know, first woman president. Obviously, you're going to vote for her. How do, you, how, do you feel? how do you feel about it? I mean, I think it's a step forward in terms of, you know, the, uh, the whole uh, gender equality movement. I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. You know, it's about time we get something like this. At the same yeah. time, at the same time, I feel like we need to stop looking at Kamala Harris as a woman and start looking at, at her as a politician and actually review her policies. Because what if, yeah, she's a woman, but what if her policies aren't good? That was that was one of the biggest issues I had with the Clinton campaign. Like, on many times, it felt like she was running on one platform, and her platform was, I'm a woman. <laughs> Exactly. She's running, uh, you know, like, and I don't think that needs to be the base of a uh, of an election. Like, I 100% am excited to see a woman, maybe not Kamala Harris specifically, but a woman in the West Wing, in the vice presidency or the presidency. But don't let that headline fool you again, you know? It's a very attractive headline. Like, do your research. Dig into it. If she's good, she's good, but she could not be good. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, what's your opinion? Do you, think, do you think she is a good candidate? I think so. Like, she, she got a lot of scrutiny uh, as she was running for uh, president. So, like, we know, like, there's nothing sketchy in there. Uh, also, uh, I think she's a very, like, she's a very strong prosecutor. Uh, she's a really good lawyer. She knows her laws. Um, now some of the decisions she made in California, uh, they are concerning to an extent, but honestly, it's, it's like, like some of the stuff she did, 
it like she was running on what she thought what she thought was best then and now we know those weren't the best decisions to make and i think she's learned from that the same thing with joe biden joe biden uh he had uh, he passed these laws he drafted and passed these laws that disproportionately affected black people uh and just threw them in jail with like some laws he's passed and he's come to understand like hey like at a time that's what they thought was best. That's what they thought they, sh they they were supposed to do. And now we can reflect back and think it's like, okay, that wasn't the best approach that hurt a lot of people. How some states implemented some of these laws really disproportionately affected black people. And like he's come forward and like apologized for it. And it's one of the things uh, uh, that I reject about cancel culture. It's not okay, like, if somebody made a mistake, then you just want to cancel them, and, like, instead of, like, trying to teach them, and, like, understand, like, uh, crap, I even hate having to say, like, the word teach, because it makes it sound like it's, like, your views are, you're supposed to preach your views and, like, educate people. Yeah, but, but, like, you can't, like, you, you can't, like, just say, like, oops, if you, like, did something, like, I don't know, drop a nuclear bomb or something. There's, there's no oops behind that, you know? Yeah. That's a cancellation right there. Yeah. So, like, oh cer cer certain things, you can't have that, like, oops, I messed up. You know? I mean, but, like, you're you're making, like, a big, like, big exaggerations. I guess what I'm saying is, like, okay, if somebody it's talking, it's, like, like before uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, like, a lot of people would talk about this, like, black-on-black -black crime, and how all police target people equally. And it's like, no, dude, like there is evidence that black people get disproportionately targeted by police. There is evidence that black people get disproportionately arrested or treated different. And and that that's educating them and just telling them like the facts and figures that there is, agreeing to like a set of, set of facts and then having an argument uh, from it and reaching some sort of common ground. And that's what I think one of the biggest issues with cancel culture is. It's like cancel culture is like, okay, like you disagree with me or like you don't know this or you don't interpret this this way. It's like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, I'm going to ignore you. And it's like, no, dude. Like, we can find common ground. And Exactly. So who moderates the cancellation? Uh, game? Listen, but like, you know, what, you know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if you – we should reach common ground. We should aim towards having a common ground and we should aim towards like agreeing on certain things as a basis. And then now if you have different opinions, it's okay to like see things differently. But if you have like some like a set of facts and set of things that are happening and then you just chose to ignore those things, like dude. I guess my question is how do you measure a mistake? I don't know, man. Yardstick? A yardstick? I don't know. You know, like, do you measure it with lives lost? Do you measure it with people who lost their job? Do you measure it with, you know, economy? Like, how do you measure a mistake? And how do you measure, is this worth a cancel culture interference or not? Because Honestly, the thing is, like, a lot of cancel culture comes down to, like, people making comments or, like, doing actions that affect uh, minorities so like cancel culture kind of like the girl the, like whenever like artists just make political statements and like some people don't agree with them they just cancel them i just i just don't think that's right fake news 
fake news. Okay, let's see. What do you what do you expect expect to happen on election day? On election day? Yeah. I mean, I think it will be a. Uh, what time do they announce the winner? Uh, they have to count all the votes. Uh, so two things might happen. Either uh, it they it takes a while to like announce a winner. I'm talking like days because all the votes need to come in, and and some of some states have lost where they only start counting the votes. All the million votes that have gotten in the day of the election, once the election's closed, so a lot of like mail has to be open. So it's probably gonna take a minute. Um, so it can take days to get some definitive results in some states. Uh, no, the other, sorry. Now the other thing, uh, most people are predicting that we're gonna know who won by like 11 p.m. on Tuesday. If votes, if people start counting them quick, so we might know who's who won by 11 p.m. Now, things to watch out for, I would say, the Midwest, I would say Pennsylvania, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, maybe Illinois. Oh no, no, I don't remember. I think Illinois is Republican. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Those, those, those are the ones to look out for. Uh, interesting ones to look look at is North Carolina, South Carolina's Lindsey Graham election. Georgia might go blue, might not. It's all about turnout, I believe. When's the, la when's the last time Georgia went blue? 1992. It went to Bill Clinton, I believe. So, basically, on, on election so on election day, I mean, I expect that it's going to be a pretty normal. You know, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to go back home. You know, go with my regular routine. And then just, I guess, open up Twitter and see what's going on. <laughs> you know, yep. that's on my end. Now, For me, it's just gonna be some good amount of drinking involved, a lot of Twitter, and a lot of uh, what's it called? Uh, voice calls. Is having people on the line trying to listen to this. I, I know some people are literally just gonna pass out or like start playing PS4 and then just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just like I'm gonna deal with this next day." But it's gonna be I a really stressful don't. night. I mean, I don't think it will really, like, hurt my head on who wins. Yeah, me, no, you just, shouldn't, man. For, for me, it's for just me. the catharticist of four years of dealing with this shit. I just want it to end. Well, how does eight sound? What? How does eight years sound? It sounds like I'm just going to get more obsessed about all this stuff. Because, again, as I told you earlier, like, my biggest issue is just the lie. Like, I just can't stand the lying. Like, what? non-stop lying. Because and then people keep repeating some of the stuff he says, and it's clearly lies. So well, as my people as, lying too. As my role as the moderator over here, I would like to ask you since you know I'm not a I'm not a on one side or the other like you are. Mm. What would you be as critical of a potential Biden presidency as you were on the Trump presidency? Yeah, 
like I like during Trump's presidency, I recognize some of the stuff he did, but it was so little, so little good stuff, and everything was so bad and so many lies and like so many bombard with media. Oh, like oh my god, it's nonstop. And I hope with Biden. You, I want to mention to you that you know you may see things as little, but like what if they're you know someone else sees it as a lot. I mean, yeah, and like, and like, that's fair. But as long as he's not lying, I'm not gonna be obsessed with calling everything out. You know? Yeah, I, I guess I, I just want to make sure that you know, I, I believe in. I'm a Libra for a reason. I believe in a balance. So, yeah, I, like, I try. It's funny because I try to be as neutral as possible, even though I really don't fucking sound neutral. But I try to be as neutral as possible and just like try to take in both perspectives and like just dig in into what people are thinking or are saying. But when it comes to Trump, it's like like all these perspectives, like I'm just trying to get in their shoes and see things how they see. And that's why I always say, okay, there is a case for people to vote for Trump. Donald Trump does have a case. He has, he has the case like, okay, if you make a lot of money, you should be voting for Trump. Because he like it like he helps you like Trump is out there to help rich people get rich, and that's clear. He's out to help you rich people. But like if you live in a poor state with barely any income, with like a fading industries that are going to places like China or India where manufacturing is going away, and then you're voting for a guy who's making all these promises about like bringing back jobs, jobs that are not come are not gonna come back, jobs that got lost to automation. Instead of like having somebody who is promising you he's gonna re-educate you, he's gonna retrain you, and he's gonna prepare you for like different industries, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And that's how I see it. So unless you're making a lot of money and you have like a lot and you have like money investing like the stock market and like all this different stuff and like ta- Trump's tax cuts have like directly helped you, like I just don't see why you would like why you'll be voting for him like there's an economical case but like the only economical case to make is like if if you um if you uh if you will be uh if it'll help you out and i see it like people shouldn't vote against their own own self-interest and like and i and i get this to an extent because like in colombia there was this candidate uh progressive you know like my real and i would have loved to vote for him but I couldn't vote for him because one of the laws he was going to put into place, it was going to, like, affect my dad's business. So, like, I'm not, okay, like, I agree with a lot of stuff he's saying, but I'm not going to, like, go against my own self-interest, you know? Like, you first need to put on your uh, breathing mask before you help others. That's what it says on our place. Like, put on your mask first, and then worry about helping others put their own. Like, if you can't breathe, then how are you going to? other people out and 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 like i can understand people that vote for trump on those reasons and i and, and i and, and like it's their point of view it's what's best for them and i respect that but then if you're voting for trump on all these lies and, and promises he's making about bringing back jobs that are not gonna come back it's like shooting stuff in the foot now like if you're like christian or evangelical i can also see a case for that to vote for trump but still um so here's the thing, you have 350 million Americans voting on their own self-interest, mm-hmm. you know? So how does that, how does that work? 
I mean, like putting on your own self self interest with the candidate that aligns better with your views, like because you're making it seem like you're like they're just voting for 250 million people. No, they're voting for a candidate that serves their self interest. So let's say if I was a Mexican owner of one of the big corporations, who mm -hmm. should I vote for? You would, I like I don't want to tell you who you should vote for, but like exactly. if I was in those shoes, I would vote for Trump. Yeah, now you see, you're Mexican, but you're, so you're Mexican, so that would make you want to vote for Biden, I mean, if you're... Yeah, I mean, like, you would if, feel if, insulted, if, if, but the thing is, like, something What matters is, to you more? What matters to you exactly, more? Exactly, and, and that was what matters to you more, 100%. It's like, it can be, yeah, like, he spews all this fucking vile hate sometimes. But like I'll take a bunch of all this shit. Like you care more about the money you have on your pocket, of course. Just just go for your fucking money. But then so if like, you I'll care about him saying this stuff, like do it. Like in, in my case, like if if I made a lot of money and then I will be get targeted to Joe Biden uh, tax uh, tax um thing, I will probably vote Trump. Just because, like, he's taking away, like, money I need. But... I guess from that sense, I would take a punch in the face if it means my bank account number is increased. Exactly. You, you, you know, and it's like some people, some people are okay with dealing with the Trump's rough edges, as they like to call it. Just because, like, it's for their own self-interest, they have to fucking deal with that shit. But my so, thing is, like, at what point... Does your own own self interest starts to affect like millions of people in a way? Like at what point? How much? Like what's the cost? What's the cost? But that was the whole. That, that, was, way, that was the know? whole purpose. That was the whole purpose of my question was: if you have 350 million Americans voting, you know, with based on their own self interest, then at what extent does your does everyone's own self interest not align with the community? Exactly. So, but like that, that comes to like the U.S. being such an in the individualistic country. You know, the especially like the big issue with masks, dude. Only country they politicize masks. How? Why? Like, uh, how? How do you politicize wearing masks to protest to to protect others? Like, how? I mean, I mean, they have they have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. So they they're exercising that right, I guess. And I'm not gonna condemn. I I don't condemn exercising that right. At the same time, you know, you have there's common sense. Exactly. You know, you it's know? like okay, like okay, you might be right that like they shouldn't impose it to you, but just because they shouldn't impose it to you doesn't mean you shouldn't be wearing it. You know. So they. You know, they I mean, it's 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 kind of like let's say you're. Let's say you're you're about to like make your bed, mm. and then your mom tells you, "Hey, go make your bed." You all of a sudden feel an urge not to want to make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it, it's more like, "Hey, like I was gonna do this, but since now you're telling me I have to do this, I don't want to do it anymore." Yeah, but like you're affecting millions of people just because you're being stubborn, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I mean, I'm just I'm just putting this in a scenario. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, uh, let's do two more questions. And then we're gonna call it. Let's see. Um, 
why do you care about this? Why do we care about this if we're not a U.S. citizens? You want to start that, or you want me to start that? Uh, I think you go ahead and get started with it. I mean, I really it's unpredictable with my signal. Okay, why do you why do you care if you're not a U.S. citizen? Why do I care? Because the whole world is watching. The whole world is watching what the U.S. does, and a lot of people here don't re don't really realize how much the world watches and follows the U.S. example. After World War II, the U.S. made a decision that it was going to lead the free world, and they did, and it, and it did great. It, like, it changed the world forever. We, don't, we haven't had any more wars, any more big wars, I guess. We do still have like, a lot of proxy wars, but we don't have any more big wars since World War II, and like, the U.S. has been the one leading, um, leading this effort. And so the whole world looks at the U.S. and what it does. Like, about... Are, are, are people back home paying attention to the U.S. election? 100%. Do, do they pay attention to any other election to in any other country but the U.S.? Besides no, like local? I mean, not even the U.K., not even uh, Not even Canada. like Saudi. No, no, yeah, they don't have elections, sorry. Not even like African countries or like all that stuff? No, not really. I mean, maybe like more like... Middle East specifically, like you'd be following like elections in the neighboring what countries. What about like Israel? Israel? Do you even guys pay attention to like Israel's election? Uh, personally, not really. Exactly. Say, it doesn't really, it doesn't really like have an impact on myself, but it does, like, unfortunately, has an impact on my people. But yeah. it's not like like, you know, you have Middle Eastern Middle Eastern people don't have a say in those elections, unfortunately, even though it directly impacts them. So I guess my question is, yes, for the outcome, no, as in like I can't do anything about it, unfortunately. Exactly, we, we cannot do anything about it. And that, that that's why I care. Like, we don't have a saying in any of this. We can do nothing about this, but it directly affects us, affects the people we love back home, affects the people we love over here. And I think it's like, like at least for me, I think it's like my job to like at least be aware of like these things that could potentially affect me or affect my kid or affect um, the people I love over here. Because you know what they say, man, like if you don't know about this stuff, they, they fuck you up. They take advantage of you. Also, I do love politics. Uh, and the main thing is just the fact that everybody looks at the U.S. Everybody pays attention to the U.S. They follow their example. And you would be amazed. How many countries have uh, had a protest against police brutality in their own home countries because they've been following the example of what Black Lives Matter and like civil rights movement have done in 2020? And I want to bring up a point saying when the whole Black Lives Matter movement started, you have had mm -hmm. oppressed Palestinians in their land protesting for the Black Lives Matter movement. Exactly. Can you imagine people who don't, people who don't it's have like their the, own It's like the policy. whole world unites towards the U.S. because the U.S. is the leader of the free world. As much as like people would hate to admit that, the U.S. leads the free world and leads its effort. The U.S. is the leader. But I don't want to emphasize so that. I don't want to. I don't want to emphasize. I don't want to emphasize the U.S. in this. I want to emphasize that you know the strength of these Palestinian people that they're being oppressed. And they're being mistreated, they and, and yet they of... still care about people outside. Like I really, really just want to stress on that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, about 
Well, yeah, you, you answered the question. Okay, let's do, let's see, last, last question. What do you think will happen to Trump's base if he loses? What will happen to uh, Trump's what? Trump's base if he loses the election? What do you think will happen to it? To I'm not base? hearing you too well, Trump. Trump's base? So, like, he's the people that vote for him. Oh, like, what, what would happen to them if he loses? Yeah, like, what will happen to the Make America Great Again movement? Uh, well, they're, they're going to be upset, you know? It's, yeah. It's definitely going to cause an upset. But I think that it would cause an upset both ways, whether he wins, whether he loses. Yeah. Now, what, what would happen with, the, with what's been happening recently? I, I, I don't know, but nothing good. Certainly. Yeah, uh, I think, I think uh, what they meant by this question, nah, I don't know what the fuck they meant, but I think um, what would happen is if Trump were to lose, I think he's just going to keep doing like rallies and because he clearly loves the rallies. And so I think he's going to keep doing the rallies and it's going to like become like its own thing. He's going to like, it's probably going to make its own like media environment. Where he's like gonna go every day and then just talk to people and just a bunch of fucking propaganda. And I'm terrified that what expects us in the future after Trump lose, if Trump loses, uh, it's just gonna be a lot of Trump propaganda 24 7. Just constantly. Especially because like he's no longer gonna be the one in charge. And because he's not gonna be the one in charge, he's gonna like. Be attacking like the people who are here, and we know that that's what Trump and conservatives shine shine best when they are not the ones in charge, but they are the ones being a minority, attacking uh, attacking like whatever Democrats are doing. And I think that's what Trump's gonna do. Remember, like four years ago, that's that's all he did, and like he he won on that, just attacking uh, Democrats and their efforts in Congress, and like the attacking Obama. Dude, Trump's been attacking Obama for four years. As president, he's been attacking Hillary for four years. Like that's where he's gonna shine the most, and I think that's what's gonna happen. They're just gonna make their own media, and he's gonna keep doing campaign rallies. Now, I do wonder, like, how they are gonna vote, or like, if if he loses by a big margin, how much it will affect him. Because in a way, I think if Trump loses by a big margin, it might be the end of his movement. At least, like, the big, big movement. But I don't know. Well, I think he will rerun in 2024. I doubt it, but I'm pretty sure one of somebody in his family might run in 2024. Like uh, his son or his wife? Maybe, maybe like Ivanka or Jared Kushner. They might run. I don't know. May, oh, freaking AOC might run in 2024. Yeah, know. Kanye West. Kanye West. Um. Let's see. I think that was that was yeah that was your last question. About anything you wanna ask or say or like any comment before we end this? Uh, well, I guess my my only comment to the community is, uh, you know, don't don't judge other people based off of their vote. You know, everyone. You know, just like. Just like you have your right have, to have different reasons, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just like you, I mean, you don't, you never know. Like, like you said, you were talking about your dad in Colombia. You know, 
you would vote against your self-interest to save your dad's uh, to save your dad's business. Mm-hmm. So like, you never know the reason of someone's voting for someone. You know, that doesn't mean if they vote for Trump, they're a bad person, or if yeah. they vote for Biden, they're a bad person. You know, so like, you know, at the end of the day, politics is politics. Don't mix that with personal life. Don't make moral. I I really hope that you know whether Trump wins that the left wouldn't make a big deal or if the or if Biden wins that the right wouldn't make like a huge deal out of it. I really hope we just you know okay this new president let's move on. Yeah, and I, and I wanna and I wanna make it clear that I don't like as progressive as I am. I don't think anybody that votes for Trump is specifically evil or like a bad person. As I said, it's like people have their own self-interest and their own reasons why they vote. And like, I find some of the stuff Trump does as absolute fucking evil, starting with the poor children in cages. But, um, but that's just that one aspect of who Trump is and what Trump does. And I know a lot of people will vote for him for like other reasons. But, like, at least for me personally, that's, like, one of the things where I would draw the line, okay? Like, if you're doing this really awful shit, that's what would be, okay? Like, what's what's the cost of getting what you need to get out of Trump compared to, like, the people, the people, the decisions he makes affect? My whole point is if, if, if my voice is able to reach out there, I just think that, you know, let's, uh, you know, politics right now isn't affecting my life, and I would really like to keep it that way i don't yeah. i don't want to be you know i don't want like any potential hostile protest approaching that's what i'm i don't wish hostility on anyone you know exactly yeah everybody has their own reason why they vote and that doesn't make them evil or not i believe people are intrinsically good and like if they vote for trump like they have the reasons why they do it and like for me it's like as long as they don't as like i i I just, I wish that, like, at least, like, the actual Trump base, like, the actual, like, big Trump supporters were more vocal against, like, Trump's, like, hateful speech. That's, like, my only thing that I would always say. It's like, okay, you can have your economical reasons, your immigration reasons, and, like, things you want to get accomplished. And, okay, some, some ways to go about it are clearly not the best and might be a little inhumane. But I wish, like, the people that actively support him were more vocal about, like, yo, dude, like, that's fucked up. Or, like, hey, man, like, just don't say that shit. Kind of, because that, that was one of the things uh, Ivanka did during during um, the, the GOP uh, nomination. Because the thing with Trump is, like, okay, like, he's like this, but, dude, he's a TV personality. And, like, for you to become, like, U.S. president, you need to be somewhat charismatic and people should want to be around you. And I think, like, we've seen that. Like, when Ivanka was talking about, like, Trump and how, like, yeah, he speaks this way, but, like, he's not really like this and, like, some stuff, like, really affects him. And it's like, yeah, okay, I can see that because, like, you don't get to this position of power just, like, being pure evil. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's probably, like, a super charismatic guy and, like, people probably enjoy being around him. And that's what most people say. Like, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, like, I enjoy being around him. He's, like, a cool guy to hang out with and all this stuff. Um, and that's one of the things Ivanka said. It's like, okay, like, if you if you saw him, uh, like, how he suffers about all these deaths, 
But at the same time, it's like, dude, you had four years to become presidential and you didn't do it. So, yeah. You know, I just think, like, for like, closing statements, you know, uh, this is all, this is all, like, personal opinion. I. Oh, yeah, this is 100% just my personal opinion. Yeah. Now, I, I don't necessarily, like, uh, I agree have, with anything I say. Or no. disagree with anything I say? Well, well, no. I mean, I agree with some things you say, and I disagree with a lot, a lot of things that you say. But you know, that's kind of, kind of like how this conversation between me and you went, where we don't necessarily agree with things we say. I would like if the same thing would happen everywhere. You know, like we yeah. don't have to agree with each other. And like that's fine, and we don't have to like hate each other or like call each other names. It's like, and that's why I keep saying it's like as long as people agree on a set of facts and realities and people are willing to find common ground and be okay to live with each other having different opinions like things are fine man yeah you're still invited to the cookout you know 100 percent, dude yeah like i'm not you know i i'm not a trump supporter i'm not a biden supporter i'm not a liberal That's i'm not a conservative i just like i take words for what they are you know yeah that's a fact so like if I say okay, this sounds good. Okay, this doesn't sound that good. Okay, this is fine. This is doubtful. That's all I think. I that's all I think that my role is in politics. Because otherwise, I really don't care about mm. politics. I think it's I all bet. fake news. Like I personally think it's all fake news. <laughs> fake news. Yeah, sometimes I do think like that too. Like some shit that happens is like there is no fucking way this was like. There is no fucking way somebody didn't do this on purpose, you know. Did it's Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? But anyways, man, um, all I want to say is thank you so much for joining me. I know you fucking hate talking about this stuff, but I really needed to get all this shit out of my chest, especially because I'm just obsessing, constantly doom scrolling, checking polls, checking Twitter, trying to get any edge to like reassure myself that this might be the end of it. And I know, like, it's not your most comfortable subject, so, like, I really appreciate you uh, joining me on this adventure. Yeah, man, like, you know, any opportunity for me to know more, and, uh, you know, it's, this podcast is not necessarily, like, a me versus you type thing. It's just we're bouncing things off of each other. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thank you everybody for coming thank you everybody for listening this was an extra long episode special episode um, we're still sorry about the audio and technical difficulties uh, please join us again hopefully when did we say we're going to start releasing episodes again did we say like once every month something like that once every two weeks we said once every two weeks okay join us in two weeks um yeah that's it thank you guys so much 3bod abud here signing off from i20 wish me a safe drive back <laughs> safe drive man drive safe love you take care all bye <laughs>